Welcome to the Harmony Christian Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. Good to be with you this morning. I uh, am looking forward to bringing something to you totally different than what I normally talk to you about. Uh, but first of all, before I get into that message, I, I just want to reiterate a couple of things that Pastor Josh had talked about. Give me that first uh, uh, scripture there, Chad, Acts 2.42, uh, concerning our tenderloin supper. What an amazing event that is. Some of you, uh, very few of you, did not participate uh, for some reason, for one reason or another. But uh, those of us that did... You, you notice the tremendous camaraderie that takes place. And this vic, uh, verse here says, And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. It's so important to have the, a, a proper doctrine as our foundation. But it's, it's as important to also have fellowship along with that. We are not created to stand alone. We were created to be together. And fellowship, whenever you are in fellowship with one another, it brings such strength and it brings such encouragement. It brings uh, something beyond just yourself that you can make it through life because you have others who you have locked arms with and are in this thing together. Uh, Paul said, I fought the good fight. Well, we, we need to fight it together. Amen. Whenever, uh, if one prays, a thousand are put to flight, two puts 10,000 to flight, there's strength in multiplication. And so I just want to commend all of you, not only for the tremendous job that we, we did putting on the tenderloin supper, which I had several people say, not only was the food good, but everything is done with such excellence. Praise the Lord. That's a great compliment, isn't it? So... We have an event that we put on with, uh, uh, with great quality, but also just the camaraderie is just so rich. And uh, that's really what Harmony is about. We're, we're about family. We're about each other. We're about community. So I just want to commend all of you on that. And then secondly, he's already done a really nice job of uh, thanking our veterans. But I want to add a little bit to that as well. I am an American. You are as well. Amen? And I'm proud of it. I am proud to be an American. And there is an attack upon America. And there are attacks outside of America, but I think we need to be most concerned about the attacks that are coming within America. And there are tremendous attacks that are coming upon our youth, tremendous attacks that are coming against the values that we so dearly hold to. There are attacks coming to even the history of America, of how we were founded and being uh, biblically based. There's All of that is being attacked. And we can be defeated from within. And I don't want to see that take place. We must stand up and be proud to be Americans. I'm first a Christian. I'm second American. And I'm so grateful that I have been born in this great country. 
And once again, to the three that stood this morning, I'm so grateful to you for the service that you have done for our country. And um, so, so this morning, I, I told you I'm speaking on something that's really kind of totally different than what I ever had before. Uh, I, I have two titles. I have one first, uh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Give me that one. We have, I want to talk about Jesus. And I have another, another one that could be uh, uh, talked about as well, or could be titled as, and that is the Middle East crisis, the Middle East crisis, the Middle East conflict. Now, you know that if you have a greater understanding of Jesus, you'll have a greater understanding of the Middle East conflict. If you have a greater understanding of the Middle East and its history, you'll have a greater understanding of Jesus. So they all really go, go hand in hand. But I want to hit on some specifics of uh, what is taking place in the Middle East. And this, t- this morning is really more of a uh, study than it is really a sermon. So I'm just asking you maybe to get your thinking caps on. There's probably some of you here this morning who know way more than I do about this topic. I know last week Pastor Josh said something along this line. He mentioned that uh, Israel and the conflict that's taking place is uh, not something along uh, the lines of his powerhouse strengths. Uh, It's not mine either, but I'm going to speak on, on some things uh, yet this morning, and I just hope that we can glean some things from from this this morning. Um, this will not be about the uh, four-headed beast or the seven candlesticks. This will not be about the seven seals this morning. It won't be concerning pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib. Uh, this is not going to be about the red heifer, <laughs> one of Jim, Jim Teeter's favorite. This is not going to be about uh, the millennial reign or the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm going to talk specifically about the the Middle East conflict and how it relates to our Christian walk and how we must have Jesus in the midst of it all. Hallelujah. All those things I just mentioned, the the red heifer and the marriage supper, those are all important things. They're, They're all interesting things, but... That's not what this is about this morning. I think it's amazing that a state the size of Rhode Island, which is the United States' smallest state, is in the top headlines every day. That would be Israel. It's amazing. Why is that? It's because it's God's chosen people. And we have to understand something when we say that it is God's chosen people. We have to understand that you and I are God's chosen people as well as the Jewish nation of Israel. And what that means is that you and I, when we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were grafted in. And to be grafted in means that you are the same. You become part of the same branch. You become a part of that tree you have been grafted in because of the blood of the lamb and so you and I we are of the chosen people we we are a chosen generation 
We are a holy priesthood, as the Scripture said. So, whenever we think of chosen people, think of yourself as well, as the Jews. Uh, some of this is uh, very confusing when you begin to think about the Middle East because um, there are terms like Arabs, Palestinians, Israelites, Jews, Muslims, Islam, Fatah, Palestinian liberation, Hezbollah, the Shiites, and Hamas. You throw all of those names in the mix and it really gets confusing. And I am not an expert on this at all, and once again, there's probably someone here this morning who knows much more about this than I do, but I will share with you what, what, I, uh, what I know and what is on my heart. There's other things that adds to the confusion of all of this, and that is uh, that there are sa the same territories that have different names, which confuses everything. Uh, for example... Uh, Palestine and Israel are basically the same territories. We have a map here. You see on the one map, it shows that whole region as being Israel. But the other map shows it being Palestine. It just depends on who you are. It depends on your ethnicity. Uh, ethnicity. It uh, depends on your religion. Or it could depend upon your citizenship. Whoever you are as a person determines whether you consider that the Holy Land, Israel, or Palestine. Uh, a pa Palestinian, Palestine. Uh, it's Palestine to the Arab, Arabs and obviously uh, the Palestinians. And that word Palestine or Palestinians come, comes from the root word Philistia, which we get Philistines. So you know Philistines, as in the uh, Goliath, the giant. So these conflicts that are going over there have been, been it's been conflicts for generations, for years and years and years, We're back in old biblical times. So these conflicts are ancient. Palestine has two basic groups who rule by force, uh, Fatah, F-A-T-A-H, and Hamas, both being Islam. Hamas is a Palestinian Islamic movement founded in 1987. Now remember I said this is not so much a sermon this morning. This is more of a teaching. So I don't want to bore you with facts, but we need to, we, we need to know this stuff as believers. I really believe we should. We should know this stuff. Hamas is a Palestinian Islamic movement founded in 1987. They are headquartered in Gaza City. It also has a presence in the West Bank which uh, on here you see there's a larger area up there that is considered the West Bank. And both of those areas were controlled by Israel until uh, 1993 in the Oslo Peace Agreement. Uh, Israel gave up those two areas, and they've forever uh, since regretted doing that. Um, but they are, Hamas is headquartered in Gaza City, and... It is the, uh, those two largest uh, Palestinian territories in which its secular rival Fatah exercises control over the West Bank and Hamas controls Gaza City. Hamas is widely considered to be the dominant political force within the Palestinian territories. Gaza and the West Bank are Palestinian Arab occupied. Both territories are within Israel-Palestine borders. What makes an Arab is simply this, anyone who speaks Arabic, 
Aramaic, uh, speaks the old language of the Holy Land, is considered an Arab. Um, this particular war that started October the 7th is not over the Gaza Strip. There have been many wars down through the years that were over the Gaza Strip, but this war is not over the Gaza Strip. It's coming from the Gaza Strip. Hamas is based in Gaza, and they have launched rockets into Israel from Gaza. And so, once again, this is not a war over the Gaza Strip. It's coming from the Gaza Strip. Um, there are 2.23 million people who live in Gaza. 63% of Gazans' residents are considered food insecure. Why? Because of Hamas's oppression. 81% of Gaza is below the poverty level. Why? Because of Hamas's oppression. Water and electric supplies were in critical demand even before uh, these latest conflicts. Why? Because of Hamas's oppression. The, the water system tunnels that are there in Hamas, the piping and the tunnels that, that were there to, uh, to uh, the Gaza's once very ample water supply, Hamas has now turned to war bunkers. But yet they turn around and blame Israel for them not having water and for them not having food supply. Uh, th this is an evil regime, Hamas. They're evil. It's not an overstatement to say that, that they are e evil. This is most certainly a conflict between good and evil. And as I said, it's not an overstatement to say that Hamas is e evil. They, they've murdered thousands of people, innocent people, including the beheading of women and children. So uh, it's a very evil group. Hamas has made this statement. They said that we love death more than Israel loves life. So we have an enemy, not only the devil. What, what, what Hamas is doing, I can use the word diabolic. You know what diabolic? Diabolic comes from the word diablo. Diablo is the word for the devil. It is very demonic. It's a demonic group of people. It's a perfect example of my next scripture, Proverbs 29.2. It says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Doesn't that explain the situation we're in? It most certainly does. Now, there are some misconceptions that we have as Americans, as Westerners, that we have concerning what's taking place in the Middle East. We have misconception that every Gazan is Hamas. That's not true. Every Gazan is a terrorist. That's not true. We have a misconception that every Arab is a terrorist. We have a misconception that every Arab is anti-Jew and anti-Israel, and that every Israeli or every Jew is anti-Arab. And those things are not true. Are there differences between all of those groups? So most certainly are, but that doesn't mean they're anti. How many of you know we're not for... Uh, gay marriage. We're not for uh, all this sexual uh, transitions that are taking place. We're not for that. But we're for the person. We're not against the person. We're not anti. 
We just want to stand for what the Bible says. So, I want you to understand this morning, too, uh, there are Arab Christians and Arab Christian pastors. Give me that one photo there, Chad. This photo here. Do you know that Harmony Missions, right right here at Harmony, we give 10% of our income to missions? We tithe, and that, that is our what we're basically tithing to. So your, your offerings coming in, then we give 10% of that to, to our missions. And one of the missions that we support is called the Christian Holy Land Foundation, and that is the support of Arab pastors, Christian pastors, in the Holy Land. I think that's pretty cool that we are supporting Christian pastors, Arab Christian pastors, in the Holy Land. We all get to be a part of that. Jackie and I uh, were blessed by Harmony to uh, go to Israel in 2011. And Jackie and I spent two days with, uh, there's really six, one, two, three, there's really six people, six couples there. We spent two days with those couples. And what a tremendous blessing they are. And I mean, they, they are working on the front lines of what is going on in Christianity today. There's uh, more misconceptions. Every Israeli or every Jew is anti-Muslim and anti-Christian. Once again, we, we have differences, but we're not anti. We don't support, we don't agree with, but we're not anti. We're, they're not our enemy. There's another misconception that there is no hope. Part of that can be true if you leave Jesus out of the equation. If Jesus isn't in the equation, there is no hope. But when you have Jesus in the equation, there's always hope. Hallelujah. It's like the light at the end of the tunnel. And Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. So he's the light at the end of the tunnel. Hallelujah. As believers, we cannot ever, ever, never, ever be in fear about what's going on. I could give a whole nother message on staying out of fear. You have opportunities to be in fear every day. You can be in fear about all kinds of stuff. You can be in fear about your health. You can be in fear about your kids. You can be in fear about your grandkids. You can be in fear about the economy. You, I mean, the list goes on and on. You can be in fear about what's going over in the Middle East. Is this the end times? I, I don't know. Is this Gog and Magog? I don't know. You, you, you listen to pastors, Christian pastors, from the Holy Land, which I have been doing this past week, listening to quite a few of them, which reminds me, be, be careful where you get your news. Be careful where you get your news. CBN is one of the, one of the top go-tos for me. Uh, Newsmax is another go-to. But you have to be careful who you're listening to out there because they will tell you what they want you to hear. It's just like with this flag here. We're hearing from Washington, D.C. a lot about Islamophobia. Have you heard of that word? That word is demonic. That word is not good. In fact, it's a slap in the face to our veterans. It's a slap in the face to us as Bible-believing, God-fearing Americans. You don't hear them talking about Christianophobia. It's Islamophobia. Isn't that interesting? Now, why would they be doing that? Because they're trying to get us to weaken our defense, to put our weapons down, 
and to allow this to come in. And they're brainwashing people, they're, especially in our youth, coming through our, our schools. And we have to be careful. We have to be on guard. We, uh, we as believers cannot get in fear. We, we, we have to understand that everything's right on schedule. I, I'm a perfect piece with all this because I don't know, I don't know how things are going to turn out. Uh, things could get, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I do know God's in control. I, I do know that there's nothing for us to fear about. If we're on God's side, we have nothing to fear. And I just know everything's right on schedule, whatever that is, whatever your philosophy may be, whatever your uh, ideology is of what's taking place. And none of this has caught God off guard. He's not surprised. He's not wringing his hands. He's not wondering how he's going to handle tomorrow. He's a perfect piece in all this, and we need to be too. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Just stay out of fear. Just refuse to allow fear to come into your life for any, any reason. Praise the Lord. I was going to add that uh, talking to, listening to pastors, uh, you know, are we in the end times? Uh, pastors from, Christian pastors from the Holy Land are saying, we don't know if it's the end times either, but we do know this from the information that we are privy to, things that are taking place behind the scenes, we are closer than we've ever been before. They're saying that. So none of us know, but we do know one thing. We serve a God who's on the throne, and He always will be. Hallelujah. We, uh, I, I think we have as many things to be concerned about right here in the United States as we do what's taking place in the Middle East. Um, we have a new Speaker of the House from the Republican side who is just getting absolutely hammered for having a biblical worldview. Who would ever have thought that would have taken place here in the United States? Um, it's just been within my lifespan, really, we've seen such drastic deterioration in that area. Ohio, just this last Tuesday, which is normally the conservative, or one of the conservative states, uh, voted overwhelmingly this past Tuesday to support abortion and to legalize marijuana. There's a turn taking place in the United States. And we as believers need to be on guard. Uh, a lot of what took place in Ohio was because of a huge turnout in the college towns across Ohio. I think that has a message in it. Anti-Semitism is on the rise. It's growing here in the United States. We see it on our college campuses once again. And that, once again, is a huge change that has taken place here in America just in the last few years. What is anti-Semitism? Uh, there's a progression in anti-Semitism with that word Semitism, which comes from the word Semitic. Semitic means relating to or constituting a subfamily. I know this is a little thick, but it's a constituting a subfamily of Afro-Asiatic language family that includes Hebrew, Aramic, Arabic, and Amharic. So Semitic is really a group of people who speak 
particular languages from the Middle East. So whenever you go to the word Semitism, then it begins to focus in on the Jew. Semitism is the positive position of individuals or groups concerning Jews. Anti-Semitism is hostility to or prejudiced against Jewish people. The latest polls, whether it's Barner Research from a Christian perspective or it's the uh, Newsweek from a secular perspective, they are saying the same things. The majority of, uh, of adults in the U.S. support Israel. The majority of young people, especially high school and college age, are pro-Palestinian. Hillsdale College, which is very conservative, they're leading the way in educating our young people in uh, biblical worldview. They are saying that the, there's a huge attack on our youth, and we have to be on guard to change the mindsets of our young people, and we have to be on guard. The woke movement ideologies are, uh, and the critical race theory, they're pouring into every aspect, especially into our youth. Aren't you thankful, though, for, the, for our schools that we have around here? I am so grateful for the community that we live in, the area that we live in. Because we have, we have teachers on both sides of this room. And we, I am so grateful. We have great schools in our area. We, we need to be thankful. We, we don't understand, I think, sometimes what we have here. And we don't understand. So we, we have it so good here that we, sometimes we don't understand what's actually taking place out there in, in, in some of our larger cities and in certain areas. So I'm thankful. Praise the Lord. But I do know that the devil is after the souls of individuals, and it starts with our minds. Proverbs 9 and verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That's what we try to pour into our kids and our grandkids. It's the fear of the Lord that's the beginning of wisdom. You want to get smarter? Well, then fear God. Yes. And the knowledge of the Holy One, that is where you're going to have understanding. We have too many people who are smart with no common sense. We have too many brain, brainy people out there who, who just are ignorant of, what's, of what really needs to, you need to be educated on. Romans 12, 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That must be a renewing of your mind. Renew your mind to the Word of God. Renew. There needs to be a transformation. Salvation with transformation is nothing more than religion. There needs to be transformation. When you receive Jesus Christ, there should be a transformation taking place. And remember this too. Transformation is not an event. Transformation is a lifestyle. Transformation is a process. And so don't get... Um, don't get concerned. Don't be discouraged if you don't see a lot of transformation that's taking place in your life. It, it will take place. If you'll seek after Him with your whole heart, you will be transformed. And it's the Word of God that transforms us. Hallelujah. Okay, now I want to share some scriptures with you concerning Israel. Israel, the homeland of our Savior. Zechariah 12, verses uh, 1 through 10. We are going to talk about uh, Zechariah 12. This message concerning the fate of Israel came from the Lord. 
This the message is from the Lord who stretched out the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth, and formed the human spirit. God created it all, amen? I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God said, let there be, and bang, it happened. If God hadn't done it, it didn't happen. Verse 2, I will make Jerusalem like an intoxicating drink that makes the nearby nations stagger when they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem and Judea. On that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock. All the nations will gather against it to try to move it, but they will only hurt themselves. Right there tells us we need to be on Israel's side. We need to be supporters of Israel. On that day, says the Lord, I will cause every horse to panic and every rider to lose his nerve. I will watch over the people of Judah, but I will blind, uh, but I will blind all the horses of their enemies. Give me the picture of the, air, of the jet. This is a Lockheed Martin P-35 bomber jet. In Israel, it's the P-35I because Israel has taken what uh, Lockheed Martin designed and improved it. But this is a Lockheed Martin. They have the ability to hover. They can lift right off, straight, straight off the ground. An incredible aircraft. Whenever they wrote about the horses being blinded, I don't know, you know, that, that was 520 B.C. is when Zechariah was written. So I don't know what the writer was actually picturing, but let's put that into modern day event of how this takes place. There were, this, this actually happened, there were five Hamas army tanks who were heading towards uh, Israel's border. There's, there's a rise in the ground right there, and it made a horizon. These five army tanks, try to picture with me if you can, these five advanced army tanks are heading towards Israel's border. Two of these F-35s suddenly, up over the horizon, appear. Facing those five coming at them. They didn't launch their rockets towards the aircraft. They did just as this scripture says. It says, they will only hurt themselves. I will cause every horse to panic and every rider to lose his nerve. That's exactly what happened. The drivers of those tanks panicked and they got nervous and they turned into each other, running into each other as they were turning to run away. I will watch the people of Judah, but I will blind all the horses of their enemies. That literally took place in that event. Hallelujah. And the clans of Judah will say to themselves, the people of Jerusalem have found strength in the Lord of heavens, armies their God. On that day I will make the clans of Judah like a flame that sets a wood pile ablaze, or like a burning torch among sheaves of grain. They will burn up all the neighboring nations right and left, while the people living in Jerusalem remain secure. The Lord will give victory to the rest of Judah first before Jerusalem so that the people of Jerusalem and the royal line of David will not have greater honor than the rest of Judah. On that day, the Lord will defend the people of Jerusalem. The weakest among them will be as mighty as King David, and the royal descendants will be like God, like the angel of the Lord who goes before them. 
Now look at, listen, look at this next verse. For on that day I will begin to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Once again, we must be on Jerusalem's side. We must be on Israel's side. Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. Look at this next part. They will look on me. It, this is an interesting verse, how they tack this on to the end of Zechariah 12. They will look on me whom they have pierced and mourn for him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him and for a firstborn son who has died. That's an amazing verse. You know what this is saying? This is saying that Jews are going to miraculously begin to come to Jesus Christ. They will look on me whom they have pierced. That's what's taking place. There is a revival already taking place in Jerusalem and in Judea or Israel. And I am looking forward to this being totally fulfilled. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son. Do you know that Jesus is not only reviving, having a revival with the Jews, he is he's having a revival among Islam. There are many, many Muslims who are having Jesus to appear to them in a dream. Many. I mean, by the thousands, people are seeing Jesus in dreams. One man was telling, a Muslim man, had this happen to him, he was telling his parents about it, which is, you know, converting from Islam is dangerous. You can be excommunicated at, uh, at least and murdered uh, at, at the most. He was telling his parents that he had Jesus appear to him in a dream, and he said, oh, his parents said, oh, you mean you had Muhammad to appear to you in a dream? He said, no, no. It was the man with the scars in his hands. Hallelujah. There's going to be revival in the Middle East. Jesus is making himself real. And it's an exciting time to live. Hallelujah. It's uh, later than what I was hoping it would be at this point. Maybe I'll have to finish this next week. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> see what he lets me do. I, 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 let, let, let me add this. Josh, you are preaching so good. Amen. Yeah. And both of you just doing a, a great job of leading the fellowship here. Um, really, what, once again, my message, what this boils down to, whenever we begin to, to know the history, uh, all of this conflict goes back. And that's what I can maybe continue with on next, next, next week. I don't know. Uh, we, we, you go back to where Abraham had Isaac and Ishmael. That's, that's where all this comes from. I'll expand on that next week. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more messages like this or information about our church, please visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org.